Okay, welcome to Murder, Mayhem, and the Military. This is a new podcast talking about murders that happen on the military and veteran communities. They often don't get a lot of press that they need to, and um, it happens more often than you think. This first case, I actually had kind of close to, um, and I'll get into that in just a minute. My name is Jess, and my husband here, Nick, is going to be doing the commentaries. Hey, how you doing? Um, <laughs> listener warning, there is going to be some graphic content, and we do use the F-bomb quite a bit, so... I don't you, know what you're fucking talking about. So, you're just going to have to buckle up and probably not let your uh, children listen to this, unless you're just that kind of mom, which, hey, why not? But anyhow... So, I got the cleanest fucking mouth in the world. <laughs> okay. <laughs> let's get into this. So, my first case brings us back to 2005 when I joined the military when I was 17. And I'm going to refer to this guy as Sergeant Dick, and you'll realize why I name him. And that's probably what I'm going to do for most of the cases is give them not fun nicknames, but nicknames because they are POSs. So, I joined the Army when I was 17, and I went to BASIC and AIT in Fort Meade, Maryland, and if you don't know what that means, it means I go to advanced individual training. Uh, Alright, you said Sergeant Dick. Was his name Richard? You're gonna spoil it! Just sit back and listen, man bear! <laughs> what? Dick is another name for Richard. I know that! That's why it makes but that's like the whole thing. I was gonna say it at the end. Anyway, so I get to AIT in uh, about May of 2005, and I meet a guy there, and looking back, he was kind of one of those guys, I, I didn't realize he was kind of like, I guess, stalking me. I, you know, I'd go out with friends, and he'd always be there. Like, he'd just kind of assert himself. And sure enough, after a few weeks of this, oh, go to the pool, and all of a sudden, Dick's there. You know. Did he I, have his dick out? I'll get into that later. You know, and then he asked me out on a date, and I kind of, you know, I was young and naive, and I kind of kept telling him, oh, I'm not ready to lose my virginity, you know, I'm only 17, yada, yada, yada. He was 23 at the time. I mean, this was in 2005. And, of course, one week after my 18th birthday, he rents a fancy hotel room, and before I knew it, even though I said, no, I'm not ready. You were drunk on Trash Can Punch. I don't remember. That's <laughs> I don't, a yes. I don't think so, but anyway, I lose my virginity to this guy. A month after that, he asked me to marry him. And, of course, me being young and stupid and naive, I said yes. Well, in September of 2005, I graduate and go to... I was in the reserves at the time. I later went active duty. That's a whole other story. But anyway, I was in the reserves and went back to college in Illinois. Well, Dick, he was in a different class, and he graduated in December, and he was set to go to Fort Bragg. Well, we get, I get back to college, and he's automatically becomes very obsessive, very calling me all the time. Why aren't you picking up your phone? Why aren't you by your computer? Where are you? So, grade A cunt. Yeah. And just constant. And this lasted for maybe two weeks with us being apart. That it was going to, you know, that I finally said, no, I can't take this anymore. 
he of course threw a big fit, called me names, said he, I wouldn't do any better, and you know, and it, it just ended. Well, he went to Port Bragg, and a few months later, we'll say, I want to say it was about May or June of 2006, I get a message from one of the people I talked to, still from training, and it was a female. Not going to give her name out, but her nickname was Gunslinger. So Gunslinger sent me a message stating, oh, Dick. I got no comment on that nickname. Well, there's a reason we called her Gunslinger, but. Yeah, I could make a comment, but. Anyway. um, You would probably hit me in the head. Okay, so Dick goes to Fort Bragg, and he gets married to a woman he meets there named Christina. And, um. Maybe three or four months after, uh, you know, he gets to Fort Fort Bragg, which this is pretty typical, as you know, that people rush relationships and marry strippers and do stupid stuff. Well, he deploys to Iraq. Proud to say, I married zero strippers while I was in the army. <laughs> okay. So anyway, <laughs> he. Uh, you know, he, so he marries this girl, he goes to Iraq, she doesn't, I honestly don't know why, um, and so anyhow, he, he goes to Iraq, comes back, and then he gets promoted to sergeant, and, you know, all this time I'm not talking to him, I got all this, this stuff that I'm learning now from several resources, including the Fayetteville Observer, by Paul Warrington, a article about that, and also several uh, news broadcasts I watched from WRAL.com. Yes, I hear him. Okay. Giant cut. Okay, well, Sergeant Dick gets back from Iraq, and, um, you know, he's still married. And that was my foot. <laughs> so Sergeant Dick gets back from Iraq and um, you know he he is from what the news articles describe and some forums that I've read on crime and punishment uh, he was not a bad sergeant but he was kind of weird now his wife Christina Smith also made sergeant and she was in the same unit as him and Wait, so they are both in? Yes. Was this some kind of BAH type of marriage thing? Honestly, I don't know. I, I honestly don't. Um, so, so they're both in the same unit. And I said, I don't know why she didn't deploy, but he did. Um, so anyway, she's actually very beloved. A lot of people like her. There's just wonderful things to say about her, and I've never met her, but I'm sure she was a, a wonderful person. Um, everything I read was nothing but bright. She came from Ohio. Um, she was an illustrator in the, in the Army before she came to Fort Bragg. She spent 18 months in Korea. Um, you know, from everything I read, she was just a very outgoing. She was very kind. She was very good. At her job, she's also a very good NCO. So yeah, she was like me in Korea. She probably didn't remember most of it. I don't know. Well, she might have had some 
brain cells if she married Richard, which I have no room to talk since. If you uh, say because you married me, I'm going to be very upset. No, no, <laughs> I dated, dated Dick. But I was young and dumb and... And anyhow, <laughs> so, so she's a great person. Now, he wasn't really a bad sergeant, but they said he was really weird. And one of the main reasons why he was really weird was around the end of 2007, other, his soldiers were saying that he would casually approach them about wanting to kill his wife. And... Wait, wait, say that again? He would be like, apparently he had asked several people in his unit. This is toward the end of 2007, beginning of 2008, to kill his wife. Like, hey! But then he would go back and say, hey, I'm joking. Which, if any of my husband's co-workers are listening and he jokes about wanting to get me dead, please, please, I want to know. And see, this is a big red flag for me, because you would think... That if your sergeant was like, hey, I want you to kill my wife for me. I'll You'd give you some money. You think he wouldn't be such a fucking dumbass. It's like, I'm just going to ask people in my unit. And he's like, Jesus fucking Christ. This was back in 2007? Yes. They weren't fucking watching Craigslist like a fucking hawk back then. He could have fucking put an ad on that shit. Well, this is where the story really starts to take a turn. Well, in 2008... A young sar- private comes he to the He probably could have charged somebody on fucking eBay to fucking do it. <laughs> a young 18-year-old uh, by the name of Private Cavapil. I'm sorry if I mispronounce his name. Well, not really, because he's just as bad as Sergeant Dick in this case. So Sergeant Dick, of course, maybe I haven't figured out his name's Richard, but anyhow, so... So, Sergeant Dick... Gets to be really chummy with Private Kevapil. He, they kind of take on a pseudo family relationship, and he's kind of like a dad that this private never had. And and of course, in summer of two thousand eight, Richard decided he was gonna to spring on the whole. You want to kill my wife? And. You know, he made it sound like, you know, he'd give him $30,000. And after a lot of convincing, Private Cavill finally said yes. And in September, they decided to hatch their plan. All right, before you go on further, what what pay grade? You said, I know you said he was a sergeant. Was he was an E5. Okay, E5. How the hell did Sergeant Fuckstein get that much money to pay somebody, even a fucking private? Did he, like, bribe him with a keg of beer honestly i don't know his his family wasn't very rich if from what i remember um he did have a brother who was in and out of prison for drug issues so i don't know if maybe that came into play honestly i don't know um so so of course he asked this private for pay him thirty thousand you know dollars to kill his wife and they actually hatch a plan so september 30th um, that's how you know this private is a fucking idiot because it's like $30,000 wait this guy's just E fucking 5 E7 I might believe it E6 <laughs> if he was a fucking hustler I would fucking believe it but an E fucking 5 hell no okay well so 
Sergeant Nick decides to say, tell his wife, Sergeant Christina Smith, hey, let's go for a walk. And so they go for a walk in their neighborhood, and I live right outside of Fort Bragg, and I've never been to Fort Bragg, but, um, you know, I've heard it's got some nice communities right outside the gates and stuff. So anyway... You can get as crabs as many ways there as you can in Fort Hood, probably. Probably. <laughs> but anyway... <laughs> home, home of the Airborne. <laughs> <laughs> Where just not the soldiers are airborne, but the STDs. <coughs> Alright, so anyway. <laughs> Private Cavapil is hiding in the bushes. And he comes up from behind and he stabs her twice in the back. And then she turns around and she starts fighting like a hellcat. And she is just swinging. And honestly, they don't know much because the stories between Private Cavapil or Private K... And Sergeant Dick constantly changed. And so, but the autopsy says she fought. However, she stopped. And so, what a lot of some of the articles I read. Yeah, and He nicked an artery and she bled out. Well, listen, so she stabbed her twice in the back. She turns around and she starts fighting. Well, then he somehow gets her in the neck and then again in the arm. And Sergeant Dick is also injured. So some believe that they think she started a fight. And so Richard came up behind her and grabbed her arms and held her back. And that's kind of how he also got nicked in the arm. <coughs> because, you know, he went to stab her and he missed her arm and hit Richard. <coughs> I promise I don't have COVID. So, anyway, um, he runs off. So, at this point, she's been stabbed twice in the back, once in the neck, and once in the arm. And she's starting to bleed out, obviously. And he runs off, ditches Private K. Sergeant Dick just stands there. Now, there's about 30 minutes between this and an ambulance actually getting called. And then the ambulance comes. And so does the police, obviously. He says they were just randomly attacked. Police don't buy this for a second because, A, he's not helping her at all. He's just standing next to her body. Now, I, I would think that if you and me were in this situation and someone came randomly, first off, you know I'm going to fight like a hellcat. I'm pretty sure you're going to nail a couple of punches in that guy, too. <laughs> I'm probably going to have a pistol on me. I'm just going to shoot the motherfucker in the dome. <laughs> well, okay, so that's what I'm saying. That was one thing they found odd, that although uh, Sergeant Christina fought back, that her husband didn't try to protect her from the attacker. You know, most husbands would protect their wives. And once again, she's literally dying on the pavement, and he's just standing there like he's about to order a pizza. <coughs> they also said he was very robotic. Well, you know, didn't really show emotion. I mean, I can understand shock and everything, but, you know, after the first, once, it, I mean, at the heat of the moment, every soldier is taught basic first aid and basic training. If you're, they're like you, they got lucky and got through the combat medic course. If they're like me, they got lucky and they at least got a little bit more advanced with the, the combat lifesaver course. Well, right, but either way, even if you didn't know anything, I would think 
if your wife, someone that you promise to love and cherish, is bleeding out on the sidewalk, yeah, yeah, you would be saying. at the it, very least, even it, if you didn't know first aid, you would be holding her hand. Or at least, like, being like, you know, it's okay, I'm right here, don't go, you know. Yeah, but that's the thing, He's a he was a fucking, he was a cunt. I'm not going to say he was a soldier because he's a fucking cunt. But, you know, he went through that same basic first aid training. Right. And he would know to put pressure on the fucking wound. Right. As I said, even if you, you didn't, you still would be next to your wife. Like, even <coughs> if it was something out of your control or you didn't, you know, it was whatever. I mean, hell, even Joe Blow walking down the street knows to put pressure on a deep bleeding wound. Yeah, and as I said, he would be comforting, and he wasn't even doing that. He was literally just standing next to her body as she bled out on the pavement. And so those obviously dang investigators, right right from the get-go, that this guy is probably a person of interest. He goes down to the station after he gets a little boo-boo sewed up. Goes down to the station, gets a story, and he's saying this guy, whatever, whatever, came out of nowhere... Um, well, two days later, so this is September 30th, so on October 2nd, uh, some hikers actually saw something shiny in, around a creek that was about, mm, less than a mile from where the yeah, incident shiny. happened. And it was the murder weapon, it was a knife, along with a bloody hoodie, and they assumed it was private case but it could have been richard's richard could have stopped her too as we said we're gonna call from now on we're just gonna call private k private fuckwit whatever he was you know i feel sorry for him because he did fall into because as i said you know he did have this charismatic personality that does but he could come off as weird as i said you know i i would think it would just be such red flags for a sergeant to just randomly be like, hey, you want to kill my wife? I'll give you $30,000 to kill my wife. Like, this is why I'm saying he's fuckwit. It's like, he it should have went off in the head. He's a, I mean, even coming out of basic, you're going to have the fucking E4 mafia freaking coming around him. It's like, hey, it's like they're going to tell you some dumb shit. And it's like, yeah, and we're going to fuck with you and do like the whole exhaust samples and the motor pool and all that shit. But, you know... He should know. E4 Mafia should have came in and told him. He's like, hey, if anyone asks you, he's like, for I'll give you this much. He's like, if they're E5, odds are they're not going to have that fucking much money. Well, not only that, if he had approached other people in the unit, you would think that, hey, someone should have fucking said something, even to the freaking wife, because she's in the same unit as him. They should say, hey, that guy's a fucking weirdo. He's freaking asking folks, you know. He'll buy you a drink, but then he wants you to friggin' murder his wife, you know? You would think that someone would say something. And this is probably one of the reasons why there's so much happens, because the Army, especially, I believe all branches like to do this, is like sweep things underneath the rug. Like, oh, ha, 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 that guy's just joking about killing folks. It's fine, we need a body during deployment. Well, hell, we, you know as well as I do, we do joke about it was like, oh, how would you kill this person? No, I'd do this shit and this shit. Well, there's a difference between just joking, but, like, if you straight up, I'm, I'm, you know, came up to me. I mean, after about the third or fourth guy, somebody should have went to the fucking chain of command with that shit. Well, right. I mean, there's a big difference between, um, 
joking, and, and you kind of would see, like, the red flags. Like, okay, this guy's obviously missing something up there. But going back to the story is... <coughs> so they find the murder weapon. They find all that fun stuff. And, of course, as private <coughs> fuckwit, he's... His DNA is all over it, and they automatically bring him in for custody. He squeals like a pig, and he says, Richard pressured me into doing this, Sergeant Dick did this, and they shows him emails, all a bunch of stuff. And if you're going to do this, don't use fucking email. <laughs> That's for damn fucking sure. It's a freaking big-ass paper trail. Don't freaking have that shit in writing. Fucking at least delete the shit. Fuck. Fucking... Cut and wipe and fuck with. They weren't smart enough to do that, though. Alright. So. So they go and they. And he shows everything. And so. Then Sergeant Dick gets started to be questioned. And of course. Since I was the last person, as I remember, he dated. Even though this is three years later. He decides, for whatever reason, he was going to bring my name into this. Maybe he thought I could use me as scapegoat, even though I hadn't even thought about the guy. Well, where were you at in the time? Of like thousands of miles away. Uh, yeah, I was in Iraq, so I got like one phone call from CID, and they're like, "This is so and so," and I'm like, "Yeah, that's me." And they're like, "Uh, where were you on the night of?" I'm like, "Oh yeah, I was." I was at this fucking cop packing some shithead up. <laughs> I was 50 miles away from the Iranian border, <laughs> you know. I'm. I'm in South East Iraq. <laughs> They're like, oh, yeah. Pretty much the best alibi in the world. Because, <laughs> yeah. Because uh, not only would also I not... the best way to get out of jury duty, too. <laughs> <laughs> not only would I not have been able to, to get out of there and fly all the way back and come back. The, what was it, 18-hour flight? Um, I don't know. I took a bunch of NyQuil about all the times. Okay, well... <laughs> That's one of the best parts of it being medics. We had the the PA prescribe us muscle relaxers. But anyway, that's another story for another time. Um, anyway, I was in Iraq. And not only am I on the other side of the world. Yeah, thing just... Um, even though I'm on the other side of the world, you know that they... Monitor all your emails, all your calls, everything is monitored, you know, to make sure terrorists aren't looking at us. So, even if I was to send them an email like, yeah, I want to be with you, kill your wife, somebody somewhere would have read it. And obviously, that email was never sent. And so, of course, he changed his story, dropped my name, and started saying other people blamed his parents, blamed... God, blame pretty much everybody except himself. And watching the the court, it's so eerie. I mean, at that point, you might as well just go, the devil made me do it. Yeah, he said something about being possessed. <coughs> imagine how fucked up that would be. You go in court, it's like, the devil made me do it. Big pillar of fire comes up, devil standing right there. He's like, no, I didn't, and poof, he's gone. <sighs> well, whatever. <laughs> I don't know. Anyhow, so they get sentenced to life. Well, some other things happened after the fact. 
that the handlings of the finances were by Richard's parents and they messed up. So then a civil suit happens and both Richard and his parents were sued for a million dollars. Now, they never really knew the motive behind it. Um, yeah, they, both of the military is trying to cash in on that. Uh, SGLI? What, what, yeah, SGLI. What, was it like two, 250000 500000 I think 400000 was the max. But yeah, I, oh, and I'm thinking because I had mine split up between both parents and, and both my sisters if uh, they weren't able to collect. I think my mom was 400 and I had my brother for a while. Um, anyhow, so, there was never a clear motive, but yeah, it was probably a mixture between SGLI and being just a, a as I said, it was a very controlling, and, and there was, there was no official of domestic abuse, but people kind of talked and said that their relationship was very strained, and, um, you know, he was constantly talking down to her, um, with bad mouth her to other people, anybody who, when he was obviously not soliciting mercenaries in his unit, um, he was... Mercenaries? You mean, he was just... Okay, was, fine. Was a freaking, uh, I want to say hitmen, but they weren't fucking hitmen. He was trying to pay people to kill his wife. Fine, he I mean, was yeah, soliciting weirdos to murder. <laughs> hitman, yeah, I guess would be the correct term, but... Fine, he was soliciting homicide. He was soliciting asswipes. Uh, well, whatever. And he got a fuck with. Uh, so, but... Okay, not asswipes. He was soliciting other privates, and he poor mafia probably was like, yeah, no way, dude. <laughs> and then he wound up with fuck with. You know, I, I don't know a lot about Private Capapil, his story, and he probably had a horrible home life. But anyhow, um... Or he was one of those guys that just, like, saw the commercials, like, hey, they'll pay me to kill people. And Sergeant Cunt, Cunt White wipes up and fuck with, like, he's paying me to kill people. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But... I'm sure this is not the only case in the military. There's just such a lot of red flags. And even here's another thing that was mentioned in the article that I think would just be a big red flag is, so, I don't know if she was a major or a captain. An officer, they said that her commanding officer, so probably a captain, uh, took Private Cavapole out for breakfast the day of the murder and she said he was kind of acting weird, asking weird questions, like would God forgive him if he killed somebody? And, you know, if people like Christina Smith, and just really odd questions for breakfast conversation. And so he was like, he didn't want to do it, but he was like, well, I'm getting paid to kill somebody. And, you know, and the, and I would think the captain should, should have said something, but I guess she didn't. And she said he was crying, just acting really out of character. And then, you know, as she, of course, told him later on, she hopes he killed, you know, Burns in hell for killing a co-worker and if someone that was beloved by all. Which, from what I read, she would, you know, Sergeant Christina, she was very decorated. Even though she didn't deploy, she was a very, very talented artist. She won several art awards 
both back home and then the service. She um she did some stuff for a Smithsonian exhibit. She was she's very talented and so she's very friendly and so it it was very much a shame that she could have really done a lot with her career both in the military and without and it was all ended just because she trusted the wrong guy and, and that's really sad and especially I look back that it could have been me and I'm glad it wasn't you. But it it shouldn't have been her either. You know, it honestly should have been nobody. Someone should have fucking said something. Someone should have said, Hey, this guy's a flippin' weirdo. Go investigate him. And when the, the, he went out to breakfast with a major and he's crying, talking about killing folks, she should have, bang, this guy's up to something. But, you know, that doesn't happen. And unfortunately... Uh, you know, you'll see in the, these episodes of this podcast, so this is probably a very, you know, a lot of red flags, and people just kind of say, nope, you know, they just don't want to deal with it, because, <coughs> especially during the Iraq and Afghanistan wars, the Army, the Marines, they took anybody with a pulse, and they didn't care, and they took anybody to deploy, and it didn't, didn't take anybody, just anybody with a pulse, you had it least have some competency. I knew quite a few people that washed out in basic, and I bet you do too. Right, well, the thing is they still got through, you know, criminals and so forth. But, you're right, they did weed a lot out, like, one of my nether exes, he got weeded out. <laughs> We're not gonna mention him. He's a cunt. Yeah. That's all that needs to be said. Right, well, <coughs> unless he ends up as a murderer, but I'm not even gonna do him, because he's not really even a veteran. I wouldn't be surprised, though. But anyhow, that's enough about that. <sighs> anyway. Um, so that's that. You know, they're both serving multiple life sentences. And At Fort Leavenworth. Yep. Because they killed a soldier. And uh, both were charged with capital murder. And they were also charged... Uh, Sergeant Dick was soliciting a murder. And I don't know if they got capital murder. I was like, the military's pretty quick about, you know, using that death penalty when they can. They did have the death penalty at one time, but they appealed it. Um, I'd have to look, look, I didn't get a lot of info if their appeals ever went through, but they did appeal it several times. And it was like, fucking, I'll, I'll fucking save the taxpayers money. And it was like, the, I, they need to be taken out. I, I'm a strong proponent of the death penalty. Definitely make sure you got the right guy, but then once you know for a fact you got, the, and as I said, they had the emails. I think emails, they know for a fact they, they got the oh, right guy. Absolutely. You're right. What I'm saying is if Cunt you... wife and fuckwit did it. Yeah, no, they did. Absolutely. And so they deserve to die. <laughs> I mean, I'm a big proponent of the death penalty. It's just to make sure that, hey, if you know for 101% that you've got the right dude, they need to go. They don't need to breathe oxygen anymore. They're taking it for someone else. Well, that concludes our first case. Um, if you want to look it up yourself, it's <coughs> Sergeant Christina Smith murder. Um, or you can look at Private Michael Cavapil and uh, Sergeant Richard David Smith. All the people who are involved in this case. Um, but that's it, and I hope to have another one very soon. Thank you for listening to Murder, Mayhem, and the Military.